Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? I mean, it's the same, same. <laughs> I, I put my Apple Watch on um, after a long break. I had taken it off because it was like one less thing to sanitize. But now it's back and I was afraid it would be buzzing my arm all the time and shaming me about my sedentary <laughs> lifestyle. But its expectations have been so reduced since I haven't worn it in so long that it's like cheering me on that I took oh, really? 47 steps. Yeah. It's like way to seize the morning and it's even worse. So it's it's just all terrible. Yeah, I, I put on my like, I don't have a watch, but I have it on my phone and I looked at it and it was just like flatlining. Like, it was like, <laughs> like the whole week. Zero activity. Cumulative, right. Okay. Well, I think that was the best thing that happened to us this week. We are going yeah. to explore the worst. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, there's so many terrible things to talk about, but you actually have a little uh, sponsor message a little, this week. Yes, a little pro bono slash pro boner sponsorship. <laughs> okay. um, so Brian and I have come out of the closet in recent weeks as Cuomo-sexuals. We, we didn't always love him, but we are horny for leadership, and leadership is what he's offering us, right? Yeah, he used to, he used to be like a little backroomy, like a little seedy, but now he's like a hero. He's a hero. So my friend um, Melissa Lertzman feels the same way about Cuomo that, as we do, and she just started this internet shop called Cuomosays.com. And it has shirts, mugs, stickers, all sorts of merch with iconic images of Cuomo's PowerPoint slides from his daily. <laughs> Those press are very conferences. cool. They're <laughs> very, very cool. cool, right? And what's even better is that all the proceeds go to support the Food Bank of New York City. So we'll put a link to it in the show notes. And we have a lot more Cuomo content to come. But go to Cuomo Says and support the Food Bank of New York City. Yeah. Yeah, do they're doing well and doing good. That's yes. great. Yes. Yeah. So um, let's see, what else happened this week? Oh, um, well, the one thing that I did, I did go for a walk. Um, so that was the one thing that registered on my Apple Health app. Okay, and, good. Uh, yeah, Where'd on Sunday, go? Sunday, Doug and I went for a nice long walk up the west side. Like, you know, up next to the west side highway on the Hudson River, there's those that beautiful, like, like trail. a marina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a marina. When you go up, when you go yeah. up north, it's like just a trail, which is great. And uh, we walked there and we had our masks on. And um, the first thing is, is that there were no social, there was no social distancing. Everybody was like shank to flank or flank to shank. It was like, <laughs> like <laughs> it a was Tom like Wolf a novel. <laughs> novel. Exactly. Exactly. And I would say at best, a third of the people were wearing masks. And the rest only of them- Only a third in New York? Only a third. And so many of them were running and they're like throwing off sweat beads and huffing and puffing. So they're like tornadoes of COVID. Like, Wait, they're running and not wearing a mask? Correct, correct. And like literally bumping into people. I have and then, no idea this is happening because I'm like not in the city anymore. Right. So Downtown I, New York is supposed to be like this bastion of civility and we're all supposed to come together and exhibit courteous behavior in ways never seen before. But this was like a mosh pit. It it's was like terrible. a virus shedding party. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
it's like a satanic circle of of transmission. Um, <laughs> but then there's like two paths. There's like the pedestrian path and the bike path. And so lots of bikers on the bike path, and we're working on the on the pedestrian path. And then this guy on a bike, no mask, speeds past us, hits an old man. He's not even supposed to be on this road. He hits an old man, topples him over. The old man, the guy, and gives him coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, it remains to be seen. I, I didn't, Two to three weeks from now. I mean, I, didn't, I hope I didn't, not. But I didn't. I didn't contact trace him. So of course the bike guy is like, we're walking right by right then. The bike guy's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Can I get anyone to help you? Blah blah blah. blah. And the the man is very courteous and very graceful, and he wasn't hurt too badly. So he said, no, I'm fine. Just you know, whatever. And then the guy gets on his bike and keeps riding down the pedestrian path, and it's unbelievable unbelievable and then we were walking through soho and there was like a mom who had a mask and two little girls who did not have masks and the girls were on their bikes also riding on the sidewalk like it's just like lawlessness it's the purge <laughs> i wish there was a purge i'd have a few a few uh so- scores to settle there so anyway that was my exercise for the week uh i didn't okay. tell you about that <laughs> i think That's i repressed interesting, it brian um i've been on a walkabout as well oh, <laughs> looking okay. for like a hunt for toilet paper so like i don't know how it is in the city but there's like no toilet paper to be found anywhere in the hamptons oh and- no it's fine it's actually fine here i, I thought that had bowled over Maybe you could send me some. I don't know who's hoarding it or where it has gone. Maybe like the Real Housewives are hoarding it. But it's insane. I mean, to stuff, to stuff their bras, like maybe or just just to have it. But in our house, like we haven't run out yet, but we're getting close. So I've gotten really nervous. So I did this deep dive into what's going on with the toilet paper because I don't quite understand it. Because people are like, "No, there's enough. There's not a shortage, but there is a shortage." Well, if and- there's no if there's no disruption in the supply chain, and presumably people are using it at the same rate as ever. Right? Like, right. What, what, where's the flaw in that logic? Like, well, some, some... It's, it's really interesting. So basically, there's two different uh, distribution channels. There's the commercial market, and there's like the consumer market, right? Because there's different toilet paper that goes to like commercial buildings. Yeah. And because nobody's working in offices, everybody is buying the consumer toilet paper, right? And but- the But it's not like they're buying the consumer for the offices. There's nobody in the offices. No, there's nobody in the offices. Exactly. So everybody who was in the offices is buying the consumer toilet paper. So they're using more home toilet paper. Yes. And the commercial producers can't just start selling to CVS and Dwayne Reed. I have no idea why not. Like, just, like, (laughs) hook that shit up. Right. I mean, Trump is is all about, like, deregulating. So that, like. Like, business will provide. Right. right. Let the the market decide. I mean, you would think that they could, like, let the toilet paper flow, let it roll. (laughs) But so because of this problem, this supply chain problem, that is why there is no toilet paper to be found on the shelves. Apparently, like, they tried to ramp up production, but the machinery is, like, super complicated. It's, like, multi-billion dollars for, like, a toilet paper machine. And you can't just, like, ramp it up. It requires, like, many weeks. And it just so happens that the one 
Procter and Gamble, like biggest toilet paper factory, is in one of the areas in Georgia that has been most hit by the coronavirus. But it'll be open soon. It'll be open soon, thanks to Brian Kemp. Yes. Well, since we have so much excess ventilator capacity now, according to our president, maybe we could repurpose the ventilator factories (laughs) and have them making toilet paper. Making toilet paper. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I just, this situation, it's so barbaric, you know? Like, it's just. I said it last week. It's like Mad Max or The Purge or one of those it's, post-apocalyptic it's crazy. movies. I mean, uh, the days for everyone. Okay. Well, we haven't been able to talk like in person or even over the phone in the last week. So this is our like you know debriefing time. It's this just is like just catching like, up. Just like what, <laughs> this is what's the, going on. <laughs> shoot, shoot the shoot the shit. We got shit to shoot. Literally in the case of toilet paper. Um, but we do have some actual nopes that we want to talk about. Um, yes. Yeah. How Rachel, how are the rich people dealing with this so, problem? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. The pandemic has been um exposing many of the pre-existing fissures that exist in our society. And I want to take a little romp through some of the stories that are highlighting how the super rich are different from the rest of us. Yes. Because they they are. Um <laughs> first is the Wall Street Journal. There was a headline that said, for the rich, a dilemma, colon, quarantine with staff or do their own chores. And let me just first oh. say, this is not a dilemma. <laughs> this does not qualify as a dilemma. Does, is anyone looking at it from the point of view of the staff? Like, I, like, do they I, yeah. have do they have no agency here? Like, maybe they don't want to be quarantined with maybe their they, rich, no, careless. Real, exactly right. So, what they say is some wealthy homeowners are self isolating with staff during the coronavirus pandemic, while others are cooking, cleaning, and taking out their own trash. <gasps> Mon Dieu, <laughs> <laughs> Mamma Mia! The, the, like the taking, humanity <laughs> taking out Mama their own mia. trash with a dilemma for the ages. <laughs> what are they going to do? So the article goes on to describe all. The these problems that um, should they choose to do it themselves that these wealthy homeowners are having, like they can't figure out how to change the bag and their vacuum cleaners <laughs> or like turn on the lights. That is hard. <laughs> That's a very abstract <laughs> task. I, I don't know if I would know how to do it. Um, so some of them, they, they've just thrown up their hands and said, I can't possibly figure any of this shit out. So they've decided to like quarantine with their staff. And one of these people is Martha Stewart, who is sheltering with her driver, her housekeeper and her gardener <laughs> in, at her estate in Bedford, New York. And Martha told Seth Myers, this is exactly what she said. We have three detainees, I call them. Uh, well, at least she has a little sense of humor about yeah. it. Yeah. But why she do you said, need your driver? Is she doing that much setting <laughs> like, around, like doing? Katona she, or Bedford or wherever she lives? Yeah, where is she going? <laughs> to the She's hoarding the store. toilet paper. She's getting the toilet paper. <laughs> Maybe the driver is just driving, the chauffeur is driving around the gardener and the au pair or whatever else she has. Yeah, to escape from Martha Stewart. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds horrible. But also, like, isn't she, like, the DIY queen? Why does she, like, need her gardener? Yeah, Can't she just right, do it if, herself? Right, what? Right, she writes books on gardening. Like, if you have a garden, garden your fucking self. Garden yourself. Drive yourself. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your own damn house. Okay. Anyway, so then we have the FT, and we have uh, Lauren Meckling, friend of the pod, 
uh, to thank for bringing this item to our attention. There's this interiors advice column in the FT, which really should go on hiatus right now. Like, you know, <laughs> but, so, but they're keeping Quiet. It going. No, no, no. It's all about the interiors. They should get rid of the exteriors. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, the Wall Street Journal has that horrible section called Mansion. Yeah. Like, right. With like right. other people's homes. Like A, great to make you jealous. And B, who's buying a home? Like nobody. Nobody. There's no okay. market. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's a columnist named Luke Edward Hall, and he answers people's difficult conundrums about home decor. And here's one of them. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> I am a Brit living in a cabin style house by a Norwegian fjord. It is hard to escape minimalist white interiors here, and we have limited shops. I would like the feel of the British seaside to make me feel at home. Any ideas? Yeah, I have an idea. Move to the British seaside. <laughs> right. Like, like, why are you living in a Norwegian fjord? <laughs> if you, want if you don't, British. if you don't like the view, like, like go live in Dorset or something. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And like, this is your problem. Like this week, this is your problem that you're struggling with. <laughs> You think they just had this like in the pile and they're like what like it's like a rerun like what do we have <laughs> like, run what from we, what should we from talk last about year this <laughs> <laughs> And also like if that's your issue how do you say like how do I solve my tedium of my interior decor I know I'll write to the financial times <laughs> They'll okay. know what to do. So, <laughs> so his response was like ridiculous. It was just like the seaside inspired interior is a difficult one to pull off. And then he talks about this house he had in Devon that he stays with uh, with his family every August, and it has faux driftwood scraps and lamps made out of stacks of pebbles. Stacks of pebbles. <laughs> 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 and he spends summer days gazing out of the window at a favorite view or the beach building sand castles with his niece and mainlining mint chocolate chip ice cream. His response oh. should have been, are you kidding me? We are in the middle of a pan- <laughs> pandemic. Go jump in the fjord. <laughs> move to England if, if that's the kind of decor you want. No, no, no. that's terrible. Oh, God. Okay, oh, is that it? You, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. But then we have the Daily Mail, um, our <laughs> finest source of news, and they are reporting that billionaire Americans are finally heading to their doomsday bunkers in New Zealand. In New Zealand. We talked about we that talked when they were about being this. Built. We knew they were building them, but now they're going there. But the, the problem is one of these people who was not named went to New Zealand and he was unable to get into his bunker because oh. he didn't know the combination. <laughs> the combination. <laughs> the combination. So he had to call the manufacturer and figure out how to get in, how to turn on the power, how to turn on the water. These people That's are like, useless. <laughs> how to change the vacuum cleaner bag. He should have brought Martha Stewart's gardener. His gardener. <laughs> and then he writes to the Financial Times, how do I make my bunker look like a Norwegian fjord? Fjord. <laughs> And an English fishing village. 
no, 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 no. Okay. Absolutely not. Is that it, please? That's it. Okay. So we've been talking about Andrew Cuomo. I have a whole bunch of stuff about the Cuomo family. Of course, the most famous member of the Cuomo family is Mario Cuomo, the father who was uh, governor for, I think, 12 years. Uh, he was like, growing up, he was like a saint in my house. My dad worshipped him. It's like during the Depression or in the, the world war generation, everyone had like pictures of FDR on the mantelpiece. Like he was like a god. That's what Mario Cuomo was like in my home. So okay. anyway, so, you know, obviously we have an affinity for him. So Andrew Cuomo, who's famous now for doing these amazing, you know, just the facts, inspiring daily briefings, gave a bizarre monologue this week. He was in Manhasset near us, um, one of his daily things, and he was giving unsolicited parenting advice that was kind of apropos of nothing. And nobody I'm asked you, him about it. It was just nobody like, asked him in the middle of a COVID briefing. He was like, just Do you like, have any parenting advice? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what set him off, but I'm going to read this quote, and it's a little long, but bear with me because it's it's going to go into the annals of history. He says, "I started my tomato sauce before I left. We're going to go back. We're going to go sit at the table, have spaghetti and meatballs on Sunday." Among the guests, this is not a quote, was his daughter, Mariah Kennedy Cuomo, uh, who had been recently quarantined, and she came out of quarantine, and she was bringing her boyfriend to dinner, this spaghetti dinner. This is him talking again. Mariah brought her boyfriend. The boyfriend is very nice, and we like the boyfriend. The answer of what do you think of the boyfriend is always, I like the boyfriend, always, because there's only two options. Either you like the boyfriend, in which case you say, I like the boyfriend, or you don't like the boyfriend. But you can never say you don't like the boyfriend. I learned this the hard way. And then he goes on about NDS, which he says is natural defiance syndrome. He goes, it's not documented, but it's a psychological condition where if you say as a father, I don't like him, NDS kicked in, and they like the boyfriend more because he's opposed by the father. In this case, I actually like the boyfriend. We're going to be at a dinner with the boyfriend, and we're going to have our spaghetti and meatballs. But they won't eat the spaghetti and meatballs because when I cook it, they won't eat it. But they move it around the dish, and that's all I can ask. Wait. What the fuck is he talking about? I don't – like <laughs> – I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. First of all, it is clear that he does not like the boyfriend. <laughs> that is absolutely apparent. <laughs> Even though he's saying he does does like the boyfriend, it's a snake eating its own tail. Like he's, if he didn't, right? Yes, circular it's logic. An Ouroboros. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> he's so okay. Why is he really making the meatballs? Is yeah, he, does he cook? Is he the one cooking? There's no way that he's cooking. He doesn't have time for that shit. Maybe so, he likes cooking. Maybe it's a hobby. It's a, so, like an Italian. You know, he marries all these Kennedys but, or whatever. But, you know. So he says that if he's making the meatballs, nobody's eating them. But if somebody else made the meatballs, they would be eating them. No, I don't think it was like a, that kind of. I think it's just they either they don't like spaghetti and meatballs, or they don't like his. But he seems to be satisfied if they move it around the dish. Why don't they eat it? If, if, they, if that's what keeps happening, that they don't eat it, maybe he should try a different dish. Or a different recipe. He doesn't learn different from his recipe. mistakes. He should try Allison Roman's new cookbook, Nothing Fancy. There's supposedly like an amazing recipe for, um, what is it? It's a shallot pasta with anchovy oh. paste. I'm going to make oh. that. Oh, very cool. So here's the kicker of this is that 
all this thing talking about his daughter and the boyfriend and the spaghetti, talking about the daughter in the third person. She is standing right there next to him. But so what is she doing this whole time? Like, is she just looking at him awkwardly? <laughs> like, looking at the ceiling, I guess. That's such a weird thing to bring up. I, I'm I'm interested in, in the context, like how at first he just how started. How he got into it. Maybe families being together. People want to be with their families. He cooks. He likes to cook this, the Sunday dinner. So he thought this would be like a rare moment of like, you know, opening I think, up. I think he just had like a Trumpian psychotic break. I think like it's one of like a it's a very Trump like stream of consciousness thing. I think he just got family dinner in his head, Shabbat dinner, and he just yeah. went off on the boyfriend. I don't know. But it's so, also weird that he allowed like an interloper into his home given that. <laughs> yeah, like, d- right. And, like this guy could have brought COVID into the mayor, into the governor's home, you know? Yeah, that's a that part is a mystery. Yeah. I, I don't anyway. have an answer. I'm just giving note to the whole thing. But then there's more Cuomo family news. Um, so this is about Chris Cuomo, who I think we all know had COVID and was broadcasting some very dramatically from his basement, narrating yes. his his illness and recovery. Um, but uh, controversy has followed him. He was in the Hamptons ha- having recovered or most of the way to recovery on Easter Sunday, sitting in the backyard with his family. At least they were outdoors. Um, and... Someone named David, who declined to give his last name, who's a 65-year-old longtime resident, rode by and cursing Cuomo and his family about social distancing, and they weren't wearing masks, even though they were in their own backyard, and it was a family that probably lives together. There's all kinds of reasons. You don't know. Like, is it? I, you don't know if you should be shaming him. Right. So then Chris Cuomo uh, was interviewed on some serious XM show, and here is his defense. I don't want some jackass loser fat tire biker being able to pull over and get in my space and talk bullshit to me. I don't want to hear it. I want to be able to tell you to go to hell, to shut your mouth, but he can't because he's famous. But he just did (laughs) on the radio. It would be better if he just told that one person rather than broadcast. Yes, yes. The, The damage would have been limited then. It would have been a... He says, she says, as to whether he actually said it. There would have been no witnesses. Now, the entire Sirius XM satellite world knows. Like, (laughs) these Cuomos, I think it's a. mad. I think the family is, you know, coming unhinged a little bit. Poor Chris Cuomo. He's been through a lot. But no, that's not not the way to to conduct yourself in this situation. Um, So. one more Corona shaming story. So Katie Rossman, friend of the pod and guest, former yes. guest, uh, hopefully Very once and once and once and future guest, I hope, uh, wrote a great piece in the New York Times about Corona shaming. Uh, and it started out with the story of George Stephanopoulos, uh, whose wife, Allie Wentworth, uh, had coronavirus. And it started with the anecdote that was widely covered, that he went to a pharmacy in East Hampton called White's Apothecary. He did have a mask and gloves on. He was not diagnosed at that point. Um, but people were mad because they offer home delivery and he was going out unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And people were venting on Facebook about it. And he did an interview and he said, it was safe and blah, blah, blah. So then he tested positive. And after that, someone else spotted him taking a walk on a golf course without a mask or any protection. 
So, uh, and everyone went bonkers. And that triggered this Facebook group. And the Facebook group is by a woman named Dana Weiss. And it's called, the Facebook group is called That's It, I'm Coronavirus Shaming. And it's got a thousand members and it's dedicated. Well, at first they had the names and pictures of people who were misbehaving in social distancing. (laughs) But now they claim they're going to put like black, like black out the faces because it's not so much to shame individual people, but more to comment on the social phenomenon. But it's too late. People are already spotting uh, celebrities who are not taking the appropriate precautions. J-Lo and A-Rod were spotted at a gym in Miami, running around footloose and fancy free. Ivanka and Jared uh, for Passover traveled from D.C. to New Jersey, uh, while the rest of us suffered through a Zoom Seder. Um, <clears throat> there's a personal anecdote that came up in the group of like a woman, a masked, appropriately masked woman in the supermarket who had to squeeze by three women who were congregated wearing no masks. And she sort of tisk tisks and shook her head at them. And they were very defensive. They said, don't you shake your hand head at me. And to be honest, there are so many confusing rules now. Yeah. Um, it's hard to know. And like, it's even hard to know, like what supersedes what does like the, Trump supersede Fauci, supersede Burke, supersede the governor and your mayor and your supermarkets rules. How do you know? I'm generally on the side of the shamers and against the shamed, except I think the Chris Cuomo situation with him sitting on his own lawn is a little bit much. That one, I mean, it does depend on context, but generally I feel like Corona shaming, like these people should be shamed. You can't just like run around without a mask. No, that's our only defense. We're not they're not going to get arrested. They're not going to get ticketed. I mean, we don't right. have enough police to do that and they probably have better things to be doing. So right. we, we have to we have to police norms. ourselves. Right. Yes. We need to we need to be vigilantes. We need to be like the guardian angels. <laughs> yes. Yes. Put on so. that the red the red berets. <laughs> just Yeah. To... So I mean, I think that another couple that needs to be corona shamed are um Benana, which is Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, who was that uh, young, beautiful actress who was in Knives Out, who played. The- I, oh yeah, yeah, the young, the young girl, the young woman. Yeah, so she's with Ben Affleck now. Can you imagine? Isn't she? How? What's the age difference there? It's, That's crazy. It's pretty substantial. <laughs> And she okay. could be with whoever she wants, and that's who she chooses. But so they and go he's, out. And he's a he's a hot mess, like addict of. Oh everything. my god, right. he's a mess. Yeah. And so they go out every day and are photographed by the paparazzi wearing matching masks. And she's always in some kind of like cute outfit. Like the other day, they were walking around. He was like in jeans, and she's wearing like perfectly white sneakers and like a black leather dress like who wears a leather dress <laughs> in the so, middle wait, of a no, pandemic they were taking the prop they were you're, you're noping them because they were taking the proper precautions but you didn't like their fashion choices because <laughs> no, they were out and about they were just like out and about for the paparazzi walking the dog with matching masks wait but and- you gotta walk the dog what are they supposed to do like <laughs> they were holding, they don't have a, they don't have enough toilet paper they were at holding home. coffee cups from dunkin donuts like just make your own coffee at home i think this is an edge case okay. <laughs> I, is, I just like knives out so much <laughs> i know but what is she doing what is no, she she's, doing with this she's guy? on a path to self-destruction yes. he's dragging her down <laughs> she would she would never make your own choices, Anna. Like, yes. 
<laughs> Don't okay. get dragged down by Ben Affleck. Okay, so no. Okay, to but that. no. But that was a great story by Katie. I have to say, Corona shaming. Yup to yup to all of the Corona shaming. Fantastic. By which I mean terrible. But can I have can I have something fantastic now, please? Maybe a yup, a little yeah. beacon of light, a ray of hope that got us through the week. Yes, you can have a yup. Um, two words: Fiona Apple. Yeah, take a bite of that apple. Um, she gets all of the ups. Um, I've always been a fan, and this new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, is her best work yet. It's a masterpiece. I cannot stop listening to and the whole thing. It's 20 years in the coming, right? Like, she hasn't had an album in 20 years. I don't know if it's been 20 years, but it's been a really, really long time. I know she, like, really worked on this the whole time, like, to perfect it. And it's just um, the, the title track is the ultimate anthem for the quarantine. It's about escaping whatever uh, prison you have built for yourself um, and, you know, fetch the bolt cutters. Uh, yeah. I've been in here too long, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah, Fiona Apple, um, you're fucking amazing. All right. Can we, can I play it as the outro music? You can. Please? You okay. you may. Yeah. Well, m- my yup, I don't think I'll get any resistance on this, goes to Vanity Fair and by the transitive property to our co-host, Rachel, because right. uh, they ran an incredible piece that Rachel wrote. Uh, I think it's called President Trump Almost Killed My Husband. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yes okay. That's what it's called. Right. Very, very funny, provocative title. No Laughing Matter. It's an essay about the the uh, drama that played out on social media live and that so many of you were interested in about Rachel's husband, Josh, and how deadly ill he was and who were the heroes and the villains of the story. That headline's incredible. Who wrote that? Claire? Claire, Claire Howarth? Howarth, yes. Howarth, right. Big so up to her to Claire, as yes. well. Yeah, so it is breathtaking. It is heartbreaking. It is infuriating. Uh, and you should absolutely read it because it really is. It does encapsulate all the feels that you have uh, about you. this situation. And um, yeah, and share it also because everyone would benefit from reading this. Okay, I feel good having talked about that. And uh, Fiona Apple as well. Yes. So, um, wow, I'm just uh, so Cuomo'd out right now. I got to go hide myself in a Cuomo hole. I, I just, I'm <laughs> so confused by the meatballs. I just. <laughs> well, it's nine o'clock. Chris Cuomo's going to be on. I got to turn yeah, turn it on okay. to see what whole he's Cuomo family say. is just <laughs> driving us bananas this week. <laughs> we could do it. We could just be this week in Cuomo. Like, let's just have a a, fa- a fan cast. <laughs> yeah. We could do a we could do a recap, a daily recap, like Brian Moylan, <laughs> the Cuomo family. <laughs> that would be really good, actually. That would be awesome. Okay, um, it's been a terrible week. It's been really fun to record this, though. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope, the podcast where we shut it down. It stole my fun. It stole my fun. Fetched the bolt cutters. I've been in here too long. Fetch the bolt cutters. I've been in here too long. Fetch the bolt cutters.